Hey mamas, while I have your attention for just a few more seconds, I couldn't wait to get on here and share with you all about this app that I'm recording all of my podcasts for you through. It's called Anchor, and it is truly the easiest way to make a podcast. Don't believe me? Let me break it down and explain to you. First and foremost, it's free. That's right, it does not cost you one cent. And even better, there's actually creation tools inside the app that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's really that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You also can make money from your podcast, hello, with no minimum listenership. So, As in the words of Jerry Maguire, we can all say, show me the money, baby. Basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So moms, as you know, I support every mama having a voice. Your voice needs to be heard. So go ahead, go download the free Anchor app today and get your voice heard. Share what you're passionate about. Go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's Anchor. .fm to get started and I look forward to listening to you very soon. Well, hey all you mamas out there. Thank you once again for joining me on this episode of Moms Matter where every moms have a voice and every voice is counted and heard. My goal in starting this podcast was as a new mom, I had all these conversations happening behind closed doors and I kept feeling, "Wow, that needs to be shared." And why is no one doing this? And instead of, you know, going to look for the answer, I wanted to become the answer. So, here I am just sharing my story and having other moms like you share theirs and having every mom see herself as a mom spurt, a mom expert in her own way by sharing her story. And I've come to get to know so many moms in so many unique ways. And this mom I have on my podcast today is no different. There's some moms in this life that you connect with right away. And I love with the beauty of social media that you are able to do so sometimes across the distance. And today I have a mom named Kylie who actually, I think we kind of figured it out in the beginning of this podcast that we're about 7,000 miles away. And uh, even though we're so far apart in distance, we have so much in common, um, especially the part where we both became new moms of boys this year. And one of my favorite things that we share in common is that we both happen to be married to Europeans. So without further ado, I could go on about her, but I want her to share more about herself and her story. And so Kylie, I would love for you to share with the other moms listening just a little bit about you and your family. You can share with us about your sweet boy and um, your family and where you guys live and all those details. Thank you. 
to your friends, have a time together. We were supposed to go uh, last year for Christmas, but it didn't happen because I was due to give birth in January. But our little baby actually came a couple weeks early, so we weren't able to go for Christmas. And then my in-laws were supposed to visit in March, and they weren't able to come because we COVID. So we, they have yet to meet their grandson, so that is very hard and challenging, especially for my husband, because I can imagine how he feels and how they feel not having met him yet. Wow, I did not realize that, that, uh, you know, we had that in in common as well having kids during covid but having that you have not had your in-laws meet him yet wow that's a a huge just it's almost like a new normal which is crazy because it's so abnormal um but do you guys have any indefinite plans as of as of now when you hope to get them to meet <laughs> he wants to make sure his voice is also heard. He has something to say too. Um, oh, I, I really don't know when we will see him. Sadly, I hope that it's sooner than later. But it just kind of seems that when you start to have hope and make plans, something comes along and stops it. And we have to put a Babies are allowed as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think any mom listening, you know, uh, we often hear that phrase, it takes a village and, you know, and it's hard when your village is, is literally, like you said, on lockdown. And, you know, so it's, it's just amazing. I think for moms, we, we, are almost learning a new way of living. And we all know as moms that your life definitely changes after having kids. And I'm curious for you, um, maybe specifically because of uh, things that have happened with the coronavirus and, and the COVID lockdowns, like what would you say and what way has your life changed after having sweet little Noel? Oh, Kylie, can you still hear me? Kylie, are you still there? Yes, yes, I can hear you now. No worries. Okay. I feel like in some ways it's changed and in other ways it hasn't. Um, just, just before Noel, of course, you know, it was me and my husband and our dog and my focus was on us and taking care of myself and my family. And now my main focus and my main concern, of course, is still taking care of myself and my family, but more so Noel. 
and my attention is 110% on him and my time is with him and just how your priorities shift I guess is something that has changed and just even your perspective and of course your routine and how you do things and the way you do things and stopping and thinking that you know I, I'm can't do this or I have to do this with Noel now and you know just running mm. to the store now is you know <laughs> it's not a quick run in and get something just packing the diaper bag and <laughs> food and snacks and toys and just I guess every little aspect of it has changed but it feels natural that's that's the thing that I I found interesting is just how much changed but how natural it came to and how natural the change felt isn't that incredible how it is something you don't really know until you're put into that circumstance but then when you're there i mean it almost i mean this is how i have felt does it feel a little bit like you're getting to know yourself again or in a different way yes yes <laughs> and that I, yeah that i like I felt like this part of me existed, but it was just kind of dormant mm. all these years. And now it's it's more prevalent than the old me, I guess you could say. Wow. And just yeah, it's like a new it's a new side of yourself that you really didn't know you had, but it's there and it's natural and it, it feels right. Hmm. That That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense for me and and I know that there's some moms that sometimes feel the opposite and it's like there's no wrong way, you know, I think some moms feel like oh gosh, I don't know if I can do this and um, struggle with it. But then, yes, there are the moms that um, I felt very much this way too, almost like a finally, and maybe my family felt the same, same way, like finally she gets to mom and, and put that part <laughs> of her of herself that way. And, and it's, um, it's beautiful that you've uh, almost, I always say that it's almost like moms experience two births on their kid's birthday. It's like they experience the birth of their child and then the birth of this new person, this new woman that they become. Yeah, and I agree. And I've, I've seen them meet too on um, Facebook groups and Instagram where they say, you know, everybody talks and prepares for the birth of a new baby, but no one stops and takes the time and talks about the birth of a, of a mom. And it's true. And it's like the focus, all of the focus is on the baby and the preparation for the baby. But you don't stop to think about how you're going to have a rebirth of yourself as well as a whole new person and identity and I think that's one thing that's kind of missing when people talk about you know preparing for babies and and after babies are born and even when they get into postpartum you know it's there's so much going on there that's not discussed and it, it can be hard, but it, it was natural, thankfully, for me. But that didn't mean that I, I didn't have my, my struggles and my difficulties and my hard times. Or that I'm still, that I still don't. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, and it's and it's so funny what you say because I too, I, I think when you become a mom, you, you do start to, especially during Corona times, you start to try to connect with other moms, and you join these groups, and you see these memes that are like, oh my gosh, they get me, or yes, that is what I was feeling, and so often you're you're right. I, I think that there could be more prep for moms, you know, because you think about birth classes or. Um, things you read, even these apps that show you like how your baby's growing or, or what to expect when you're expecting. It's almost like a, there could be a what to expect when you're no longer expecting, yeah. like when you you are this mom. And were there certain things postpartum that maybe surprised you that you wish someone would have told you? Um, I off the top of my head no but I do remember when I was still in the hospital and even at, at my after birth checkup I remember my medical team saying oh you're going to be really supported you know, you're going to you're going to you know we have counselors to reach out to you in case you start to experience postpartum or we're going to be monitoring you you're going to have a support group you're going to have this and this to help you through this process and surprisingly I didn't have that after they had told me that I would and even when I would go for my weekly checkups I was going every couple of days at one point because I had had an emergency c-section and shortly after I came home from the hospital my wound had opened so I was having to go back to the doctor every other day to have that checked. And even then, you know, they were telling me, you know, so-and-so is going to be reaching out to you to make sure you're doing okay. And this group and organization will be reaching out to you to make sure you're supported. And they never did. And I was actually kind of surprised by it because I thought it was more promising to woman something who may need it and they don't mm. deliver on that, that in itself is kind of a, a letdown in, in a way. So I was, that was one thing that I was kind of caught me off guard and surprised me. I think it probably would have been nice to have that just because it, again, it's another total mind shift after having the baby. But thankfully, I had the support system at home, so I didn't. I mm. didn't feel like I needed it, like others may feel like they would have. But I think it still would have been nice to have been there. Uh, yeah, I get that, especially when it's something that you were promised yeah. and and maybe did didn't even know was available. Right. But then when you when you do know, it's almost like when you can't unsee something, and it's like when you feel like you have that maybe cozy comfort yeah. system, um, and it's not there. I can imagine that being um, alarming, even if even if like you said, for just the sake of the other moms, I, I think something. Um, you'll have to let me know if you felt this too. I, you know, now when you are a mom, it's like you're a part of a club of millions of, of women around the world that are moms. And I think you start to understand not just your own mom better or your grandma, but other moms around you. So I, I can imagine um, I would feel, yeah, like, wow, thank God I have the support system. But what about the moms who don't? Exactly. Yeah. 
And so I think that we can uh, hopefully all learn from that and maybe, you know, like, hey, if you if you know a new mom, right, like reach out to her. And you were you were there for me, which was so awesome is we didn't even know each other personally. But I remember when your sister connected us, it was just nice to know that, oh, somebody else is up <laughs> at night and not sleeping yeah. and is living off of coffee, right? Yeah. It's just nice to have that support. Yeah, it is. It's nice to know you're not the only one because there are times when you're going, you're struggling with, you know, night feedings or maybe waking up crying and they're not hungry and they're changed, but you can't figure out why they're crying. Because for me, at least, my first thought was, what am I doing wrong? What am I, am I not doing something that I should be doing? Or am I doing something that I'm doing it wrong? Like, is it me? And, you know, of course, I, I'm sure every mom has that that thought and that feeling and it's not it's nothing that you are or aren't doing it's just you know how how babies are but being able you know if you're up at 2 30 a.m and you haven't had any sleep and someone texts you and you like you would message me and like oh we're up and you know it's like <laughs> oh, we are too and oh, it's just it's hard it is it's it's and it's enduring i feel i feel it's you know whether you've had experience with your family or a lot of women i know have a a chance to sometimes babysit or nanny um or you know we all see babies crying in in movies but it, but it's different when it's your own and when it's night after night and I, I feel um, that was one of the most surprising to me was um, how the lack of sleep is yes, real. It is. And you know, and I know you, yeah, you said you're still struggling with that and, and Noel is 11 yes, months. Yeah, it's still, you know, that's another thing, you know, everyone tells me, oh, time goes super fast and you're not going to sleep ever again. <laughs> you know, I had... My, again, my medical care team was telling me, you know, make sure you sleep now because you're not going to sleep for like the next 18 years. And I thought, what? That's crazy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my next question was going to be, what do you think now? <laughs> it's still, our sleeping habits are getting better, but um, he's teething still. So, um, He'll wake up still about once or twice in the night with teething pain or even a little gas. Um, we're able to quickly get him back to sleep. Sometimes we're not, but it's still, you know, the disruption to your sleep and your night is still, still rough. It is. It's, uh, it's amazing, I think, you know, when you realize, wow, like four hours solid, I feel is like a good sleep now, you know, or if you, you yes. get that uninterrupted sleep, it just, for some reason, I feel like becoming a mom has earned me. Like, I almost feel like I have the right to say I'm a Navy <laughs> SEAL or something like dramatic. Cause you think of who else is yeah. deprived in this world. Yeah. No one else like That's me. Funny, that was one thing I, when I was talking to my sister about sleep and like not being able to function she's like well you know that's the first thing they do in war is with POWs is sleep <laughs> deprivation like it's true it's like the you know for some people it can be the worst form of torture because if you don't have your sleep you cannot function at anything mentally emotionally physically you know everything is zapped when you are sleep deprived 
That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, so next time you feel down, just remember, girl, like, you're military grade, you know, like, you got this. And it really makes me think, like, moms could just rock a military unit. Like, if we've got any more problems, just send in moms. Like, <laughs> they can do this. Yeah. But, you know, it, it makes me think of one reason why I wanted to start this podcast was for moms to just get really real. You know, I think so often we're so quickly judged or we're afraid to chat about things um, with other moms and especially on social just because there is so much yeah. judgment out there. And it's hard, I think, to be really real and honest. And that's why I wanted to bring moms to a place where um, they could feel like they could go there and they could be vulnerable. And, and so I love how open you are with sharing just some, some a fraction of uh, what you've uh, gone or maybe grown through with the sleep deprivation. And would you say up to this point, being a mom almost a year, would you say that um, the sleep deprivation has been your one of your or your biggest challenge? Or is there something else that you feel when you hear that question? Like, what would you say would be your biggest challenge thus far as a mom? Um, possibly the sleep deprivation. I feel, um, you know, that he was born. He was born five weeks early. And I feel like he spent some time in the NICU. And I feel like that was probably our biggest challenge, just getting through that hurdle and then the weeks afterwards where it was still kind of unknown of the effects of his premature birth. I think that was probably our most challenging. Um, and, I, and when we're having hard times like with sleep deprivation or yeah, I think that's probably the hardest thing that we've had to do with is, is, is the sleep routine and the sleep deprivation. But then in my mind, I go back to, okay, you know, take a deep breath, calm down, think about where you were so many months ago and how far you've come. And then, you know, it's like, I can handle it. I can feel it. And it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a big thing. It's a small thing compared to what I feel we've already been through with him in the beginning. So I feel that um, I think our biggest hurdle was just right after he was born. And everything since then has not been easy, but it's been easy compared to that time. Yeah, and if you wouldn't mind, I would love uh, for my other mamas, my listeners, to hear a little bit about that. Because you shared in the beginning of the podcast that you had an emergency C-section. And I don't think anyone wants to be there. And so if you, if you wouldn't mind, I would love if you would take us there and share with us a little bit about how you guys came to that. Um, it was, so Noel was supposed, his due date was January 6th. And I was 14 and it was December. So it was actually a month before, it was December 6th. And it was my last day of work before maternity leave. And that day at work, I was super busy because I was preparing everything for my leave. And, but I just noticed pretty early on in the day that I hadn't felt him moving like 
he usually did. He was a very active baby and he would kick and feel like he was punching me from the inside out. And I didn't feel that throughout the day. And when I came home, I told my husband and I called my my doctor and she said, I think you should probably go to the the ER, the hospital and check in and just be monitored. So we did. And we, I checked in at about, I don't even know what time it was. It was later in the evening and they were monitoring me and the baby and his heart rate was kind of erratic. And after about an hour or so of observation, his heart rate plummeted. And they said that they had to do an emergency C-section and they started prepping me for the procedure, the surgery. So uh, they got me ready and probably within, I don't even know, it, it all went so fast and it didn't seem like it was happening. Um, but he was born then December 7th at 2.41 in the morning via a C-section. And um, they had to take him right into the NICU, so I didn't get to see him until later that morning. Um, I wanted to go see him right away after they had finished um, sewing me up. I, was, I told them, I take me to the NICU, I want to see my baby. And they said, no, you can't go, you have to go, you know, when you get the filling back because I had gotten a spinal tap. Um, they said, you have to wait until you can walk because I I was numb from the waist down and I couldn't move my limb. And they said, once, you, once this uh, wears off and you can walk, then you can go see him. So my husband, of course, was with him but I didn't get to see him until later that morning. And he was in the NICU and he had lost about 50% of his blood is what they were estimating. And he had lost it in utero, which is why he wasn't moving. And there really is no explanation why he lost it, how he lost it. Um, It's kind of a big, big question mark. Um, They say it does happen from time to time, though. There are a few cases of it happening annually, Um, but he had lost that amount of blood, so he wasn't getting enough oxygen. Um, Yeah, so it was just, it was scary. So he was in the NICU for about a week. Thank God it was only a week because they were telling us it would probably be about a month or the five weeks that they would keep him till his original due date, which would have been full term. But thank God he did really well and he was able to come home in a week. So it was, yeah, big, big Wow. Praise God. Wow, that is a huge, huge blessing. And uh, sounds like that he was was a little fire from the start. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I have to say, uh, being a history nerd, I happen to notice that yes. he is born on Pearl Harbor Day. So he was quite your little, your little spitfire, yeah. your little bomb, just ready to, to come yeah. out and <laughs> show the world. But I can imagine, you know, and I've gotten a chance to speak to some uh, C-section moms, you know, but especially ones that are emergency and, and 
handling premature babies. I, again, going back to what we earlier said almost about your birth as a mother, it's almost like what I feel from your story is it's almost like your birth of being a mom was premature because you're just coming off of you're starting your maternity leave and boom, you thought you had a month left and all of a sudden you have this sweet, precious baby and he's in the NICU and uh, you know, what was that like? Like having to completely just change your, your, your thought and, in your, in surrender um, to all it of was, this. It was, I still remember, yeah. I remember I was laying in the hospital bed and I was hooked up and bodily were monitoring me. I had all these tubes and wires and, um, my nurse, so her name was Brenda. I remember that perfectly. My nurse said, you're going to have this baby tonight, mm. mama. I was like, what? <laughs> and I started crying because I thought, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ready. Mm. I'm not prepared. It's happening. Is he okay? Yeah. What's going to happen? What about him? But it just, it happened so quickly that, that it's, it's, you don't really have time to digest or comprehend what's going on around you because things are just happening at lightning speed that I don't really think it kind of settled in until we were home with him a week later. And even then it was kind of, you know, because we had these plans like, oh, we'll have Christmas. Because I was actually supposed to, I was, mm. I was supposed to be a C-section. And they were saying mm-hmm. that Noel was big for his, uh, Size. He was big for his age in the womb, and they said, uh, my doctor told me that she wanted to do a C-section because she was afraid that if he, if we waited full term, he would have been too big, and there were risks in that. There were risks in that itself with um, complications during birth or vaginal birth. Mm. So she said, like, and how big was he when he was born? At thirty-five weeks. So if we would have waited the other five weeks, they were predicting he would have been eight plus. And they said that's perfectly doable. And a lot of babies are born that size vaginally, but it just puts a lot of stress on the mom and the baby. I was already a high Mm -hmm. risk pregnancy because of past complications Mm -hmm. that I had. So they said it was just, there were too many factors playing into, into, into it that they were air on the side of caution mm-hmm. and do an early C-section. But it was just the whole situation. It just, it happened so quickly and you're never really prepared. You know, it's one thing I think, not that I have the experience, but it's one thing preparing for a birth when the baby comes on their own, you know, full term or whenever they're ready. But then to just have things happen so quickly within the span of hours where it's like, oh, I'm finishing my day at work before maternity leave and I have five weeks. And I, I was, you know, I was already thinking in my head, I'm going to go get a manicure and a pedicure. It's going to be my last one for a while. And I want to go get my hair done. And then it's like, you know, four hours, five hours later, and you're on the operating table. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it happens so quickly we didn't really have the time to process it right away yeah yeah and it's and it, I think what's so 
you know, not only is it so sudden, but but parenthood is so um, forever. It's not like a an accident, right? Or, or something that happens all of a sudden and then you can go process it on your own and kind of deal with yeah. it. It's like, boom, like the baby's here, but then yeah. the rest of your life caring for him too. You could exactly. kind of go, like, go, this go. Is, that's what I remember telling my husband, like, this is our new forever. This is how it's going to be until we die. <laughs> 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 this, is, this is it now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hope I'm hoping that you guys do, um, you know, before, before you, uh, you know, pass on, I hope you get a little bit more, uh, sleep than you <laughs> are currently. I hope that that's not your forever. <laughs> well, I definitely have to say, I think on behalf of Noel's, uh, future spouse and friends and everybody that loves him, that we're so thankful that you definitely used your mom tuition, like that you knew something wasn't right. And how awesome that in the midst of all of your struggle and that challenge of kind of being thrust into motherhood before you were ready, it's just amazing how you use that mom tuition before he was even on this side, you know, before he was born. And so, um, you were ready. Like you said, you were ready. It was like your, your, it's, it's just like how challenges I think really reveal our true nature and really bring us through. It's like this challenge of how you became a mom really showed your, your beautiful, true nature. And I love that. You know what you're capable of until you go through it. And then, Uh, isn't it it's such a gift that's what I find is so amazing about motherhood and I'm sure all the moms listening can agree is that you you think of how much you love them and and you know like how much you're giving them that they rely on you but oh my gosh how much they give us back right it's a lot of work and it's very (laughs) fun and it is very rewarding too just seeing that smile when you wake up in the morning Mm. (laughs) nothing like it (laughs) I love it well before I say goodbye to you and uh, we end uh, our podcast I would love it if you have any resources that you would like to recommend to other moms whether it's books you've read or you know blogs you you know subscribe to or maybe podcast other than this one that you listen to I would just love for you to share with us if there's anything that you would recommend to other really moms. the one source that I used during pregnant during pregnancy um, was the what to expect when you're expecting app. They have um, they have a mm, message mm-hmm. board and chat there on in the app, and I would use that pretty frequently just to post questions or you know like this is what's happening. Is this happening to anyone else? Or am I the only one going through this? Or you know there would be different times I've used it afterwards where we had trouble with Noel sleeping through the night. Like, I, I'm trying everything I can. This is what the <laughs> pediatrician recommended. It's still not working. Have you gone through this? You know, again, you go back to doing something wrong. Um, so I've used that, and I've used the peanut app, too, for, um, again, questions. Like, I, you 
know, my baby's not sleeping. What are you guys doing? Are you having any sick, any problems? So those are really the only two um, resources that I've used other than just following like random Instagram accounts or Facebook groups. Um, Yeah, and that second app, how do you say that? Or maybe if you could spell it for my listeners. P-E-A-N-U-T, just like the net, yeah. Okay, like the net. The peanut app, peanut. It's kind of similar to the what, it's just to meet mom. There's no, like, this is what your baby looks like at this week. Or, yeah, these are the milestones you should be going through. It's just solely for chatting with other moms in your area and connecting with moms in your area. Hmm. Okay, so it's it's based yeah. on like your zip code or yeah, something? It's your zip code and then you choose wow. I believe you choose the radius of how far you want to find um, someone near to you and you can also um, narrow your search to like I have a baby boy who's between six months and 12 months and then they'll show you um, other moms in your area that have babies the same age Oh my gosh, this is genius. Moms out there, I don't know if you've heard of this, but I'm feeling it like really, this is like, like the dating like app for moms. Right like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, but like it's, and I feel um, moms, if you're out there, like please reach out and let us know if you feel this way too. But I feel it's so hard as a new mom, like before your kids especially reach school age, like how do you meet other moms and other kids? And especially if you're raising your child in a place where you didn't grow up, yeah. it's very challenging. So thank you I'm for letting that. everyone it, know about the it's peanut app. It's been helpful, especially, I started using it right at the beginning of COVID where we were in total lockdown. So it was, mm. it was nice to be able to yeah. chat with other moms in your area. And they're like, oh, you want to meet at the park and go for a walk or get a coffee or something? It was, yeah. still, it, it was still nice to be able to just yeah. chat with them. Like, again, like you, like I'm up tonight. So we're having a rough night. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. Or moms that like understand your lockdown procedures or your COVID rules, you know, because the whole world's been affected by it, but it really is. It depends so much geographically. So how great that you were able to still connect with moms in person during that time too. Well, and lastly, uh, speaking of connecting, I would love it if you'd be open and willing um, that if any mom listening to this podcast, you know, really relates to your story and would love to connect with you further, um, how can Um, they get in touch with you? Find me on Facebook. If they're on Facebook, that's um, really where I want most is Facebook. And my name, I don't even remember my Facebook name. What is it? Yeah. Maybe I could cheat Kathleen. for you. I think it's Kylie, yeah. <laughs> Kathleen. 
Oh, it's Kylie to be specific. <laughs> and don't worry, everyone. I will write this in the show notes page at the end. But mom brain is activated. And in case, Kylie, you wanted to know, your Facebook is Kylie, K-Y-L-I-E dot Kathleen dot H-H. <laughs> Awesome. There you go. In case you ever wanted to find yourself, that's where you are. (laughs) You're so welcome. Oh, but the thanks totally goes out to Kylie and to every mom listening in. And just Kylie, thank you so much for just taking this time um, for sharing just a little bit of your mommyhood and your story. And uh, just on behalf of all of us, just hearing your story, just huge hugs. And thank you so much again for sharing with us. Share it with other mamas, and I hope it can help them in some little itty bitty way. And I just wish everybody well. And I know it's hard, but you know, the the days the bad days are bad, but the good days are good too. Amen. They're like even they're twice as good. Twice is good. I love it. Uh, Well, thank you again, Kylie. And thank you to all your mamas just listening to another episode of Moms Matter. And please know that your voice matters. And I look forward to connecting with you guys.